When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go. This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Hotbody Dawson. Pow, pow, pow. I'm Sam Nifty Delaney. So what? Welcome along. It's the Monday morning episode. Um, Yeah, I suppose the first thing we need to talk about is the fact that it's my birthday. Yes. <laughs> That's the How old do you, Andy, my- if you don't mind my asking? <laughs> I am 49 today. And um, I haven't given you any forewarning for this, but in your 49 years as a human... Yeah, what what's the what's the number one learning that you can take? <laughs> what's the number one learning that I can take yeah. from forty nine years? Or um, is it? I mean, obviously, I know some of them. Is it always keep a pen in your car? I think that's probably the the prevailing one. Yeah, always keep a pen in your car. Um, no, I don't know. What a number one learning? Oh, I don't know. Just fucking don't worry about shit. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Don't or don't worry too much. There, are, there are things in life that you should worry about. You should worry about your health and worry about your your family and your friends and all that kind of thing. But don't worry about what people think about you. I think yeah, is really important. Too many people get hung up on trying to fucking impress people or or, or make a um, make a good show of themselves. But nah, fuck all that. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's bad it's bad use of energy. Certainly, we've all fallen victim to it. I have. I, I you know, and I'm, I wouldn't say I'm immune to it now. But you still spend. I still find myself on saying, "Hang on a minute." I'm much more aware of it now. I think, "Hang on a minute. Why am I actually doing this? Is mm. it because I really want to or need to? Is it bringing me anything, or does it? Is it sort mm. of being influenced too much by what I think other people might think? But it, it, age helps with that, doesn't it? A lot. Yeah. Don't be afraid to make mistakes. You will make mistakes along the way. The person you are age 20 is not the person you'll be age 35 and it's not the person you'll be age 49. So don't think that you have to stick to a rigid, uh, dogmatic you know, way of thinking. Change your mind about stuff. doesn't matter. You can grow, mature, um, learning and growing. That's what it's all about, isn't it? That's what it's about. Learning and growing. and growing. That's what it's Have all you about. Ever, did you, do you ever think about these things like when people go, well, when I was, Americans always go, when I was 10, my father mm. took me fishing. All fucking mm. American novels are like this. And he yeah. told me something. And I'm thinking, fucking hell, it must be different in America to England because in America, everyone's dad told them something that they have lived by their whole life. Whereas in England, your dad doesn't say much on it. <laughs> Keep the fucking noise down or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember my dad telling me anything that I've I remember, held with me for decades anyway. I, I remember when I was going into, like my dad, yeah, didn't really go in for advice. He sort of went in, I think he tried to give advice by being critical, like, <laughs> which was his way. He mm. thought that would, I'd say, but if he, go, if he calls, sort of basically makes you feel like a cunt for doing something stupid, 
He thinks mm-hmm. that's a way of pointing in the direction of you being remember a that. person. But um, I remember when I was going, obviously, because obviously I didn't live with him, so I didn't have lots of, it wasn't like a daily exchange of wisdoms. But I remember when I was going interrailing, which I've talked about before, when we bought those yeah. um, fraudulent tickets from a man in the snooker club, <laughs> right? Yeah. And I, I, it's just like mad. I've talked about it before. Like I think about my kids going on something like that in just a few years, and I'd just be like, no, I really don't want you to go. Or I'd be mm. so, like, cosseting. I'd say, here's a credit card in case you get mm. into trouble or some shit like that. But I remember he were, he, I'd been with him for the, like, you know, for the day, and he dropped me back at home and just back at my mum's house. And just as I was getting out of the car, he said, so uh, what's this? You're going You're going on a on a trip on around Europe with your mates? Just like a real afterthought thing, right? And I went, yeah, yeah, that's right. I'm going tomorrow. I went, right, and... And they didn't say, I was thinking, I wonder if he's going to say something or give me some money or yeah. something like that. Hopefully. <laughs> but he just said nothing until I was getting out of the car. He goes, oh, Sam. And I go, what? And he goes, just remember, if in doubt, run away. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, okay, then. Bye. And I, that, that's always like stuck in my head because I've like always thought that's the only thing I can remember where he gave me a direct yeah. piece of advice, which actually when you're 17, you're going off to round Europe without a proper plan and some stolen tickets mm. from a snooker club. It's not bad advice. It's not bad, no, but exactly. I mean, we've talked about being chased abroad, haven't we? Uh, yeah. Being chased by dogs or by uh, local uh, hooligans. So, yeah. yeah, running away is very much a part of... You might as well abroad. run away because it's not like cowardice. It's just like, look, you're only on holiday for a short while. So if you become embroiled in something that lands you in the hozzy or in the nick, it's just going to ruin your holiday. Completely. So run away. Always be prepared to run away when you go abroad. Um, do you think that was your dad's kind of um, overarching mentality regarding his marriage and family? <laughs> All his marriages, yeah. If in doubt, run away. <laughs> if in doubt, fucking live by that. If in doubt, run away. The well, only mistake I, I ever made was not running around, running away as soon as the doubt hit what, me. What was it? I think it's Robert De Niro in Heat where his character says, never let yourself get in a situation you can't get out of in 10 minutes. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah, what does that say about marriage? <laughs> if in doubt, run away. <laughs> mm. yeah. yeah, definitely his, uh, it's definitely his mantra when it comes to his marriages, yeah. No, I've, I've never sat my kids down and given them any kind of advice like that at all. Um, if I try to of. give my dad, my kids advice, if I try mm. to act like a dad in the mm. conventional sense, they absolutely fucking muller me for it. They would, they, they would, they would. I mean, I've got that thing you're talking about, you going into railing. I've got that thing now. Um, just over a week ago, I was in London. Went down to London for the day to have a look round a university mm. in London for my daughter because yeah. it's going to be what we're looking at now, July, 14 months from now, she's going to be going off to okay, university. Now. And Amazing, that mate. fucking terrifies me. Yeah, I bet. I don't know how we got from, I mean, it, it's still, it's like yesterday that she was just a little toddler. And I don't know how we've got to this stage now where she's about to go to university and live what about her life. pictures pop up of her, like on your phone or in whatever, mm. when she was little? Does it yeah. break your heart? Because it breaks my heart when I see my daughter yeah, when yeah. she was little. Yeah. Because it's someone who doesn't exist anymore, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, exactly that. When she but used then, to love you. That's yeah. my family. Oh, <laughs> yeah. she used to adore me. We used to have so much fun. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's all about us, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I that, suppose that, it is that really. person that person doesn't exist anymore, which is being replaced by another person. So, 
who I love just as much, but doesn't love me quite as much. <laughs> yeah, that's basically how it changes, isn't it? It's all about us. <laughs> but yeah, it's like fucking hell. That's happening soon, and you can't stop. That's another lesson. You can't stop the passage of time. You fucking can't. And there's no point feeling gutted about it. Although when you did go to um, take your daughter on that university tour, it made me think, I've got to tell you this, I was thinking about that episode of The Sopranos. You know where he he takes Meadow to tour some university, but while he's there, he spots someone who's in hiding (laughs) and kills He garrots them with some like piano wire or something, doesn't he? I have to admit that didn't happen. I mean, I wouldn't tell you if it did, but that didn't happen. I was happen. worried. I thought you might um, see someone who'd been who'd left Sunderland many years ago me. in disgrace and had to <laughs> yeah, assume yeah. a new identity in London. No, not that time. But uh, there are other universities to look at, so, you know, it's not the only one we're going to look at, so you never know. Well, so she's not hell-bent on London? She's not hell-bent. What it is, most of them are just doing online open days, so you can't actually oh, go yeah. along and have a look around. But this was mm. one of the ones where you could, and it's down at the bottom of her list of the ones she wants to go to. Uh, it's what was it, Queen Mary at Mile End? Mm. Um, but I was dead impressed with it. It's dead good because everything within the university it's all on one campus, so you have oh, yeah. to go from different parts of the city or whatever to, to get the lectures and everything. So theoretically, you could live on the campus. It's almost like you get London living, but it's it's with stabilizers on. So you you're not just well, cast into the Paul world. Did of a song called London. Mile End, and I think that was written when I think Jarvis Cocker went w- oh, went right. to uni or college or something at some point there. So it might have been an incarnation right. of the same place, and that's what the song Mile End is about. His time yeah. there. So yeah, stick that on for her. I'll put that Have on. That that. That'll get you. That'll prepare you. But yeah, we've got some other options to look at. So um, that's going to happen. So uh, I suppose we should probably talk about the football from last night. Uh, it didn't come home. There's no point in going the into the game, really, is there? Because I was thinking about post-match analysis. I don't know about you, but when the game, end, when Saka missed the penalty, I just immediately, well, my wife actually just picked up the remote and switched the telly off. Right. And the kids were up and they were like fucking, you know, particularly Len's not used to being up that late and his like, mm. eyes were all over the place. He'd gone like the fucking snake in Jungle Book, right? <laughs> and it was just like, switch telly off, and without even saying anything, we all just switched lights off and went to bed. Except for me. Do you know what I did? I had a fucking shower, mate. And i tell you why. <laughs> that I was... I really needed to refresh myself. And the Cleanse Crusader yourself. outfit is made of... I mean, that Crusader outfit, oh, right. it costs £20. Mm. The material it's made of is the most... I don't think it's probably... It's not healthy to have that kind of fabric against your body. Do, do, do not, you think especially it's the same not with kind lovely, of, delicate skin like mine. Is it the same kind of fabric you think a, a, a genuine crusader would have worn all those centuries ago? Definitely not. I mean, it's no. lighter. It has got that going for it, but it would offer mm. no protection whatsoever if some fucker came and... If a Turkish lad came and fucking tried to stab me yeah. with his curly dagger, I'd be fucked, right? Do you think that was any, um, any possibility at any point material. It's the sort of material that as soon as you put it on, yeah. you start to smell of body right. odour. Right. Yeah. Is it like... Because, I mean, there's some nylon products that immediately just so cause much. you to I sweat, mean, like, isn't there? The, the, the worst, cheapest man-made fibre. So I'm glad yeah. that I'll probably never wear it again. I took it off and I had a long shower before bed. And mm. you know what it felt like? It felt like I was washing away all of the emotions yeah. of yeah. that the Euros had instilled in me. And I woke up this morning 
and I've been out for a run and I was there was a certain spring in myself. Sometimes I have to really force myself to run and it's like painful mm. and I don't really enjoy it, but I kind of get round for the sake of my health or whatever. Just have to do it, but yeah. this morning I was running out by the river by Old Mother Thames, mm-hmm. the hardest river in uh, in Europe, Yeah, in my opinion. I'm not yeah. saying that's fact. Well, I mean, right? last time we said that, there were lots of fucking naysayers. Yeah, well, we've all got opinions. Um, That's what River Chat's about, mate. It's River Chat. We all love River Chat. River Chat's about opinions. It is, yeah. Yeah, you're never going to get a definitive opinion on what the hardest river is because... Like, we cover it sometimes, but that's why I think, and I pitched when I worked at News UK for Talk Radio, Mm. right, and Talk Sport, I pitched to the powers that be a 24-7 radio station called River Chat. And I said, it's like talk sport, but instead of football, we've just got people who are doing debates and banter and all the rest of it well, just about that, rivers. It. You don't, you just, do, do, I don't think those those bosses in their ivory towers mm. and their lavishly furnished offices in media land, they don't realise mm. how many people out there spend so much of their time in the bars and hostelries of this country just talking about rivers and tributaries you go into a, and Forget about your big, your big urban... Just waterways. Uh, your big elites, right? Your, your, your big conurbations, your, your liberal mm. capitals like Manchester and London mm-hmm. and Bristol. You go into the market towns, yeah? The market towns of England, yeah? Yeah. In, 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 like, go to the East Midlands, right? Mm. Go, go, up, go up to Cumbria, right? Go to the market towns mm. and, and listen to what people are actually talking about. Go to Thursk. Yeah? Go to Thursk. Go to Thursk. What yeah. people actually talking about in Thursk? They're talking about fucking rivers, mate. They're talking so. about which is the hardest river, which is the best river, which is the sexiest river, right? Mainly what the hardest river is. But river chat is what British people are interested in. But you're right; these people have fucking long since lost touch with like what actually with the zeitgeist. If you live near a river, you live in constant fear of its its banks bursting and you being mm. flooded. Yeah. And that's part of your everyday life. It keeps you awake at night sometimes. And that's what that's all people talk about. They'll, they'll they bump into about. someone down the shops, who's a pilot, and they say, you seen the river this morning? Mm. Yeah, it looks a bit swollen, doesn't it? We had rain last night. Yeah. yeah. Think it's going to burst its banks? Nah, it's forecast for just think, cloudy weather like, later I think on. it's going to kick off. Nah, I think we're all right this time. It's a bit swollen, but I think it'll subside. But these these people... I mean, even, even the media world in London, they're so near the Thames, but you've got the Thames Barrier there now. If you didn't have the Thames Barrier there, the media outlook in this country would be completely different because there yeah, would be that fear of the, the Thames. The, the, the simmering terror that yeah. a, 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 a river threat. Yeah. So... Um, they complacent. Yeah, so I was running along and I just thought I had a spring in my step because... The thing about uh, football, or so many things, is that we invest quite a lot of emotion in it, even without realising. So, you know, I was obviously seduced by the excitement and the joy of England being on a run, because, you know, that's why we're into football. It can give you sort of pleasure and stuff. But the thing is, you become... I was quite grumpy this weekend, I think, with, with like, my family. I was a bit sort of quiet, and and I didn't really know why. I thought I was tired. And then this morning, I just thought, you know what? You were just fucking... You'd got too sort of not excited, but you'd become emotionally invested in this. Mm. And watching the game, I found quite torturous, to be honest. It was like, it was a very tense encounter. Mm. But it's a really weird thing. 
and I'm I'm proud to admit this. I'm happy because I wouldn't have been like this when I was younger. It means I must have emotionally matured. But once it was over, that's it. Bang. And I almost yeah. feel like there's a weight off my shoulders now. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, we lost, but whatever. Fucking life goes on. It was, you know, exciting while it lasted. It was a close match and we lost and that's that. Do you know would what you I mean? Felt like that? Would you have felt like that if it was a West Ham match in a final? Uh, but no, I think I would have felt worse. But yeah. because I think, but only on the basis that uh, there is more emotional investment with, with West Ham. With, there is for everyone. Everyone knows that you're more emotionally invested in your club than you are in your national team. Um, but I'd like to think, I mean, I got, I did get very wound up. I didn't show it, but in when West Ham started to look at one point last season, like we might actually qualify for the Champions League. Yeah. And we had a few big games en route to that. Like there was a particular game against Liverpool and I won against Everton and we lost both of them. And I was just like, I was really like in the build up to the games, I was almost more wound up than I actually realised or acknowledged. I was tense. Right. It was it was and noticeable. I don't like that. It was noticeable on the podcasts, be. I think. Huh? I think that tension was noticeable on the podcasts. Was it? I think I so, did, yeah. I didn't I don't like being that way. I don't want mm. I want to enjoy football. But I don't want to get emotionally invested in it. No, 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 no. This is the mistake people always make. The football's about enjoyment. Football's not about enjoyment. <laughs> the, if if you get some enjoyment out of it, that's that's a luxury. That's a bonus, but the vast majority of it's not about enjoying yourself. It's about that tension, and it's about mm. that misery of missing Too out much, or, just, or just losing or just being shit anyway. But that's how it is. Most teams don't achieve what their that's, fans yeah, that's want them to Most, achieve. Ma- the 99.9 l- yeah. lose. But if you get to the final, then you've done better than most. So, yeah. you know, savour that, I suppose. I guess so, yeah. Um, I've got nothing really to add about the football because they are... That, I, I backed out of England years ago, so I don't think there's any point in me giving me opinions on it. But, but uh, you must admit, when Shaw scored that goal in like less than two minutes, it was <laughs> fucking exciting. It was fucking great, yeah. Because it was a great goal what as well. What a finish. What yeah. a fucking finish. Is and the whole build-up to it. Brilliant, yeah. I thought England were fucking fantastic. I mean, after fantastic. that, I thought, we're taking the piss. There were times in the first half I thought, we are taking the piss. They uh, they can't lay a glove on us. Yeah, yeah. I don't but, know what happened, but yeah, we but just my, went to shit. Uh, my 13-year-old son, uh, he said, it, 35 minutes in, he went, definitely he's going to come out in the second half. This isn't going to be like this in the second half yeah. as well. Because he's right, that's, it never happens. If nah. it, you, you don't you don't batter a team in the first half and then go out and batter them again in the second half. It just doesn't happen because changes are made. Well, you stick or twist, don't you? I mean, Southgate could have said, listen, we've taken the sting out of them here. Let's hit them now. Yeah, Second but off, we know you weren't we going to get, get the chance to. It's Italy. It's not the Ukraine, and mm. it's not Germany. It, this Italy team is fucking good, and you're never going to get the chance to do what you did in the first half all over again. It was never. They weren't going to allow it to happen. They started to close it down before the halftime whistle went, and Italy had a couple of decent chances before yeah, then. But did. it was never. It was never. I mean, I, 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 I'll. Um, I'll blow me on trumpet. I did a tweet just before the second half started and I said, if England score next, it's over. If Italy score next, it's going to penalties. And uh, there you go. And I was right. You were right. Yeah, you were right. But Um, then I thought thought Italy were going to win it after they scored because they looked so... um, Yeah, but there was a moment where it looked like, oh God, they're totally... England have lost it here. But actually, England did regroup. They and did, in a, and in extra time, I thought we were back in with yeah. a chance. Second half, extra time, I thought England are going to nick it. Five minutes to go, 
But basically, what it was was I think the two best teams in the tournament reached the final. They had a right fucking good yeah. game in the final. It wasn't as entertaining as Italy Spain, which was probably the best game of the tournament, but. It was very exciting and tense and very, very close because they're two fucking good teams. But I think ultimately, although, it, you know, it, look, it was a draw. It was, and that draw was a kind of a fair result. And the, the result on penalties is a complete lottery. So it doesn't necessarily reflect who was best on the night. But it, but overall, Italy were the better team, were the best team in the tournament. Mm. And it's really nice when the best team in the tournament wins. I think if England had won, if you take out even the fact that, you know, I would have liked that on because I'm an England fan. I think that it was would have still been kind of fair because we were one of the most impressive teams in the tournament who created some of the best moments and, and certainly had some of the best players in the tournament. You know, Sterling's got a shout being, you know, the best attacker in the tournament. But ultimately, I think overall, if you look at all their performances, Italy from game one looked like the fucking team to beat. So I'm happy. With my, yeah. I was happy for my cousins. We had a little bit of banter. But in the end, I just said to them, listen, lads, I said, congratulations. And I said, to be honest, they were like, oh, it's such a tense game. I said, to be honest, I'm just happy it's over and I can go to bed. I said, it was just too stressful. I'm just delighted that I can go to bed now. And they were, even they were like, yeah, I'm exactly the same. It was just exhausting. I want to go to sleep. <laughs> I mean, you see, in Italian, the they didn't feel the need to go out and just fucking smash fuck out of their own city in response uh. to victory. I mean, you say the penalties are a lottery. I'm not sure that's true because I think at this level, it's all about fine margins. Mm. And I don't think the penalty taker list was uh, handled well at all. It was peculiar, wasn't it? Well, I mean, I think that's generous. I think that's generous. (laughs) I know know a lot of people are still really sore about all of this. 12 hours afterwards we're recording this, but it, it, it it seemed to just fall into just complete disarray he was trying to get those two subs on in order to take the penalties yeah. Italy could quite easily have kept that ball for the last two minutes of extra time and not let those subs come on and then that yeah. is your penalty taker list shot I'm, I'm so really weird. surprised they didn't actually I'm really surprised they didn't work out what was going on and just keep the ball um, so I thought that's that such was a weird mad. thing though as well it's like You'd think, because, you know, look, Harry Maguire took a penalty, and as it turned out, it was a very good penalty. But I was a bit like, for fuck's sake, Harry Maguire is not a natural penalty taker. So the reason he's taking it is that obviously he's one of the big leaders and he's got the character Mm. to step up and think, basically say, I will take this because I'm able to take the shit if I miss, which is what a lot of it's about, right? Um, so, it, but that's not a decision based on who's going to be the best. There's no way Harry Maguire is in the top five penalty takers. I think in the squad, psychologically, he was probably you know one of the most up for it. But it is strange that you looked at it, and I think you know, for instance, Declan Rice takes penalties for West Ham. He's missed mm. one, and he's only just started. But he's our number one choice. He wasn't on the pitch. I obviously I'm biased, but I was disappointed when he got subbed because I thought he was almost England's best player and Henderson came on and was totally off the pace but everyone should have been able to take a fucking penalty the the maddest thing the maddest thing is that Raheem Sterling who has been easily England's best player in the tournament yeah arguably the best player in the tournament right yeah is an attacker scores goals 
it is. I was just assumed. I thought, well, usually you pick your, the two best penalty takers. One goes first, the other one you leave till last, right? Yeah. So I thought, obviously Kane's gone first. Sterling will go last. When Saka stepped up, I couldn't fucking believe it. Yeah. That yeah. Sterling wasn't taking a pen. Yeah. It was mad, I just wasn't you it? Poor, poor little fucker. You little, little, lovely, little man. Exactly. <laughs> on your little unicorn. On your unicorn. He, I, wish he'd, I wish he'd run up on the unicorn. <laughs> yeah. He spent more time, preparation-wise, on the unicorn. Than well, why the did they make the boy do pitch. it? Why did they make him do it? Did you? What? what <laughs> did it. you watch? Big, but, but, I, but, but, Mr. Southgate, <laughs> kick it. <laughs> but I don't want it. <laughs> Fucking oh, kick God. it. And if you miss, woe betide. Oh, f- that's a, another level of shit as well. I don't want to fucking. Well, I don't want to get into that because the the reaction's been horrific. Jalapeno. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you wouldn't be hearing this brief but annoying message if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St Clements each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes. Lots of other marvellous benefits and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your tits. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash iron filings. Jalapeño. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavour. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Jalapeño. Did you watch the whole thing on BBC? Obviously, you'll yeah. watch the match commentary, baby. But did you watch the punditry? Because I went ITV for the analysis. Oh, yeah. Keen no, I, I, Neville... I love watching Lineker. I can't really tell uh, that Mark Pugat. You know, sure, he's a nice fellow, a good presenter. But he shouts so much like that. Yeah. Where, and I love Gary. I love the way that Gary is so invested in it. And it's just like a fan. Some people don't know that they want people to be more journalistic. But I just fucking yeah. love the way Lineker uh, is, basically. Uh, Keen, Neville and Ian Wright. Couldn't be beaten yeah. for me. That's the that's, that's a the great dream team. Up. So I, I switched over for them. Did you see the little bit of footage of when England scored the goal and Neville well, and Wright were jumping about all over the place? Yeah. And Roy just leaned across and got the drinks and moved them out of the way so they wouldn't get yeah, spilled. Yeah, he was annoyed that some tea had been <laughs> spilt, wasn't he? Fucking yeah. Priceless. <laughs> Absolutely priceless. Keno. But yeah, the yeah, penalties. That, I mean, that is. That's a bulletproof punditry lineup, isn't it? Right, Neville and yeah. Keane. But yeah. yeah, I just wanted Lineker. I mean, it was yeah, Shearer and Lampard. Not really interested. Could be done with that. I like I like Rio because Rio's just I like Lineker. Just so into it. Yeah. Um, what else was funny? Tom Cruise being there. I liked it that the little boy. Uh, the little Prince royal George, boy. I think his yeah. name is the little royal prince <laughs> in his fucking get up. Yeah. I mean, people are funny about that. Going, ah, oh, look at him turning up in his get fucking suit. And I'm thinking, yeah, it's easy for us to sneer at that. But at the same time, his future king. It's not. They've got to uphold their brand. He can't fucking yeah. rock up bare chested, right? But also, I have got to admit, and this might make me sound like an aunt. 
I like a little boy in a suit. I wish Len, well, Len won't do it. Len, you know, Len's dress is like so fucking, like last week they did a, they couldn't do a school play because of social distancing. So they made a yeah. film. His year made a film, right? Right. Which was really nice. And then they, they fucking flog it to you on a USB stick for 10 quid a pop. Very fucking oh, smart. Oh, yeah. Anyway. That's the future. <laughs> USB stick? What the fuck's this? The year 2000? Anyway. Well, why didn't you give it to us on a CD-ROM? Anyway, they made this film and they said, as a special Cover treat. on the front of a cardboard piece of yeah. chicken <laughs> magazine. Featuring an interview with Jerry Adams. Anyway, uh, as a bonus feature. But they... Uh, they they said we're doing a premiere so on friday they did a premiere and they made it really nice they did up like the school hall like a gala thing with like a balloon sort of, oh it was all like you know like the sort of oscars vibe and they said everyone can dress smart right and len i said look you haven't got many smart clothes but you have got a mm. shirt which i can iron and you can have some jeans and wear some smart shoes and you can borrow a tire for me he went i'm not doing any of that and I said, why not? And he said, because it's we will have to sit cross-legged on the floor watching this film. And smart clothes are really uncomfortable to sit cross-legged in. So I said, so what are you going to do? He goes, I'm going in in my school uniform as usual, mate. Shorts and polo shirt and trainers. Mm-hmm. And he's just really against it. And that upsets me because I like a little lad in a, in a posh suit. <laughs> it looks cute, doesn't it? You just want to go over and ruffle their hair. Yeah. But someone pointed out a piece of footage on Twitter of him laughing after England had scored the first goal. And he said he really has a rich man's laugh. And he, so he was laughing. It was kind of like, you know, gales of laughter. Like, <laughs> yeah. You foolish yeah. Italians. Do you not see we have the better yeah. of you? We have the measure so, of you. So he's obviously been trained to be king. For, and a, a very fucking bombastic king as well from a very early Good. age. I hope Why that not? he's like. Yeah. I hope he becomes like Henry VIII. I mean, you know, you and I are both anti-royal, exactly. but I'm anti the institution, right? But as long as we're stuck with it, give us something good. Do you yeah, know what exactly. I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, if he's gonna be like that, like, I want him to be a big fat merry king, don't you? Yes, a jolly king. Yeah, big fat merry king, and I want to see him all the time eating enormous chicken or turkey drumsticks. <laughs> yes. Do you know what I mean? Yes, tearing the flesh from them and having letting the beheaded. grease drip down his chin and laughing. Yeah, a string of wives and having Pittle beheaded. Yeah, yeah. take it back old school. So the, um, I think the biggest takeout for me of the night was seeing little Lord Prince George, our yes. future king bellowing with laughter in his lovely little Lord Fauntleroy yes. suit. For me, that really lifted my heart. It sows a, a seed for the future, I think, and that's what we it, need to do. We need to look yeah. to the future and not look back too much as, as to what's yeah. happened. Um, also, I predicted 1-1 after uh, 90 minutes. Great prediction. So I got three points for that, which meant I drew, I drew level with the results spot right at the end. On 18 points, you won the Prediction League on 24 points. Congratulations, well done. Obviously, it was Thank in the bag before the final. So that, that like in itself is an speech? achievement. You'd probably like me to make a speech, wouldn't you? Not really. We're no. running out of time. Um, All I'd say is, I think, as no, you said on Twitter last night, you were right. So re- it was a really good tournament. I really enjoyed it, and there's special oh, memories. Yeah. I'm glad it's I'm, over. 
<laughs> I might just watch it all again. It's probably all on catch up on yeah. BBC and, and ITV. Watch it all again from the beginning. Start again with great Italy games, and Turkey. great teams, great moments. I love yeah. it. The best bit, well, not the best bit, but yeah, that reminder. I did switch over to BBC because ITV. No, it was the end of ITV's coverage, and they had a montage of the best bits of the tournament all the way through mm. from the from the very beginning. And there were so many bits. It seemed so long ago. Yeah, and yeah, it was about four weeks ago, but it, they just seemed like months well, and so months much. ago. We watched so much Ericsson, football; it's been great. That thing with Ericsson collapsing on yeah. the pitch that seems like forever ago. I mean, it was sad what happened to him, but when you look back at the story and all the great moments, it's like that's not a highlight. That'd be cruel to say, but someone had a heart attack on the pitch. It was pretty yeah. dramatic, and it's something we'll remember. Yeah, um, he's all right. He's, he's all right he's now. Survive, but, so well, he'll never good. play again, which is a shame. Will I assume he, not, he won't oh, play again. I don't know. But Denmark oh, well. did well. Uh, my favourite bit was probably there was loads of good crosses and headers, and there was one in particular that I, I think it was France versus Hungary, and the mm. big lad up front for Hungary who basically looked like just some mad, like a guy who's a, a drunk Australian who's on a eight day hangover who serves you in a pub in Clapham, <laughs> uh, sort of an, a big overweight unshaven bloke who was their captain sort of threw himself at this really deep cross and fucking did a Keith Houchin diving header into the back of the net against fucking France. It was absolute knockout. I loved it. Yeah. I mean, this isn't probably a popular view right now, but Chiellini and Bonucci partnership for Italy at the back was just a joy to watch because they were just fucking I will never, ever forgive Chiellini for grabbing that little unicorn <laughs> little boy, boy and throwing him to the floor. That poor little boy. That little boy. Everything that little boy's been through. He was yeah. thrown onto the floor by a big, scary an Italian old, an old man. man. And then he was forced by his own friends to kick a ball <laughs> in front of everyone. Fucking oh, what next? For all the little he wanted boy. to do was just be in that pool on his unicorn inflatable and yeah. just be, spend time on his own. But With no. his best friend, Lord Prince George the Third, they do you think I mean, they went? Do you think uh, they they parted with each other afterwards probably, in the kids' enclosure? Probably in the ball pool. I mean, I don't <laughs> think there's a, an award for shit house of the tournament, but Kalini just snatched it right at the end there. Literally snatched it by grabbing all the fucking poor sack. Outrageous! Hey, oi, hey, <laughs> <laughs> where do you think <laughs> you're going, dickhead? It was one of those, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> if not been, so fast dickhead <laughs> yeah if it had been on any other player in any other country everybody in this country would have stood up and cheered it because it was a magnificent bit of shit housery it was so like but, he just uh, sort of almost picked him up by the collar and he, threw look, him Keelini knew he was going to have to take a yellow yeah. for the team at some point to. and he picked his moment fantastically and, yeah yeah uh, I mean we, no, it, he we did that because we we probably would have... There was a high chance we would have won if he'd got away from there. Which he'd done, he'd slipped him. Mm. He'd slipped him and he was off. Mm. And, you know, what's-his-name, Sterling, would have been running into the box to get on the end of something yeah. there. So, you know, really, objectively speaking, he did the right thing. Well, yeah. I mean, you could say that England won, really, because of that. <laughs> if you want. I, Well, for me, I... Uh, yeah, that's why I'm in a good mood. As far as I'm concerned, we won. And um, I will always refer to us as the wins. Just like I think, you know what? It, getting to the final and losing, especially quite narrowly, 
really puts into context how pathetic England must have looked to the rest of the world, having for so many years romanticised getting knocked out in semi-finals. Mm. <laughs> it's, it's so funny because semi-final, we got to the final and lost. That's a shame. But getting knocked out, we're so sentimental and romanticised about getting knocked out in fucking semi-finals in 1990 and 96. Yeah. And proper footballing nations like Italy must have just thought it was so pathetic that the big thing that we all talk about was the time we failed to win a semi-final. Yeah, whereas their yeah. thing is they get to finals and win them sometimes and lose them sometimes. Whereas we're, yeah. we're a country who obsess over times we just got into the final four. But England this time did it in the way that you're supposed to do it. They did it almost in the way that Germany have done it again and again and again. Mm. They don't worry about being having any kind of attacking flourish or being yeah. exceptionally skillful or, or putting on performances. They get results and then they get the tournament and they lift yeah. the, to- the trophy up and then they go home and yeah. they have some fucking beer and they have some bratwurst and sausages and all that. Yeah. And then and they, this they, time England they did. Plunge their, they plunge their happy faces into their Fraulein's yeah. magnificent welcoming bosom. And people are saying that England were playing with the handbrake on because they had so much attacking talent. Yeah, but that's fine. But if you if you've got loads of attacking talent and you can't defend because all you're pressing all those attacking players forward, then you know that's not going to be any good. So England did it in the way that tournament winners normally do it, and that's how they got as close as they did. But um, I think we've 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 covered it now. What I want to talk about, but just just it would be great to be German, wouldn't it? I'm still thinking about the Fraulein's massive boobs. Yeah. To be German, it would be good. Yeah. F- you know, all the, 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 can, the food that, you know... You can the, be German. Go and live there. I can't. What about the kids? Well, take the kids. There is no, the kids German. won't even move to the, the next postcode along, yeah, mate, true. let alone to fucking yeah. Germany. They're yeah. the bosses. There's a whole world out there. That's what I'm saying. There's a whole world out there. If there's a lot wrong with this country that you don't like... Go and live in a different one because there's lots to choose from. I'm Did you my just kids give me keep... the older? If you don't like it, fuck off. Fucking, fucking go home. Um, <laughs> go find new home. I, um, no, I like England. I'm just saying it would be great to be German too. Yeah, or Spanish or Portuguese or anywhere in the hotter parts Italian. of the Mediterranean. Wouldn't mind being Italian this morning. Be Italian, yeah. Wait, Having my little yay. coffee and my sweet croissant with custard yeah. inside of it. Oh, fucking hell. I might get some That's what they have, the Cornetti. Afternoon. You have a little, you have your coffee with a, for breakfast every morning. They have a little, they have a, a croissant, but it's sweet. It's got sugar on the outside and inside yeah. there's a little treat waiting for you. Sometimes it's custard, sometimes it's jam, and sometimes it's chocolate, mate. That's what those so, yeah, cunts are doing this morning while we're sat I, here moaning. Yeah. I didn't realise Italians, I, I, I thought custard was just an English thing. I didn't realise it was global. No, they call it crema. Oh yeah, it's creme fraiche, isn't it? In in France, no. it's like posh custard. Yeah, creme anglaise in France. Is it? Yeah, Is that they just call it crema in Italy, and it's yeah, it's their version of custard, and right. they have it inside a fucking croissant, and the croissant's got sugar on the outside of it, mate. This is what we're dealing with. These are the sort of people we're up against. Of course, mm. they're going to be more relaxed when it comes to penalties than us, because they're living a life where they're having custard for breakfast every fucking day. Yeah. yeah. You can't fight that almost, can you? You can't you fight can't, it. You can't legislate for that. Um, that's that's about it. What we're going to do um, coming up, we're going to do a couple of episodes where we delve exclusively into the mailbag because we've had a bit of a build-up 
uh, and we want some correspondence from you, your funny mm. stories that we can plunder for content and not have to think of things ourselves. Have what, you ever run the, away? When was the last time have you, you, run you away ran away? Have you run away as an adult? Running away as an adult, that's a good Hiding one. Hiding as had. an adult? Hmm? Hiding, hiding as an adult, again. Uh, local characters, we've had quite a few of them in. Keep them coming in. Has a bird ever got inside your house? Has a bird got inside your house? The or another classics. animal, because a toad got in mine once. Yeah. Um, so you can do other animals, animals that shouldn't be in a house, but we did were, get in yours. We, we, we were in holiday in Florida in 2014, and I came back to the hotel room that we were in, went into the bathroom, and there on the uh, floor of the shower cubicle was a tiny frog that had come up through the plug hole. A the tiny frog, can. Sam. Hello, cunt. <laughs> Is All right. I'm your welcoming frog. <laughs> Welcome to Florida. I didn't order a frog. Yeah, it's complimentary. <laughs> so well, I'm not paying. <laughs> you I don't have to. Outside. I went and put it outside where it almost certainly died. <laughs> well. Oh, God, what can you do, though? I can't call reception, can you? That's the risk you take, room. being a frog. should have just eaten it. Um, <sighs> what, what are the old classics? Uh, bullshitters that you have known, worked yeah. with grown up with at school uh, they're always good dads um, on roofs dads any on dads roofs. on roofs stuff dad, um, dad stuff generally I saw a dad outside um, my daughter's school the other day and he was taking his son in because he's like I think he was taking his son he was a year seven now if I ever drop my daughter at school I go through the whole cliche right don't you know just drop me off be very discreet yeah don't bro- draw attention to yourself all the rest of it right um, we all know that but this dad he basically outside the school there was a monster truck one of those trucks with like massive fucking 10 foot wheels right and a little cabin on top and i'm not gonna lie it was really impressive and exciting and any dad would like to see a monster truck in the wild Mm. wouldn't they of course he would yeah this dad he was so fucking taken by this is like 8 a.m in the morning that he was like had this massive fucking smile on his face and he was going to his son and other people look look at it look it's fucking massive and he was standing and taking endless fucking photos he was standing in the middle of the road taking photos he, he couldn't get over it it was like the best day of his life and the son was fucking mortified the dad didn't give a fuck I mean he'd just never been so excited by anything every kid was looking at this dad right because mm. the dad was so excited to see a monster truck so that was good. And another dad thing that I forgot to tell you recently is when I was uh, on the little beach I go to in the Isle of Wight, there's a lot of great dad activity to watch there. Very mm. often it's dads on the cans at like yeah. really early, like 10 o'clock dads on the cans. <laughs> Holiday Kick, cans. <laughs> kicking a ball, right? Doing, doing kick-ups with a flyaway football with their son, but with a can in one hand that they're trying not to spill, right? But mm. the best thing I saw was a dad... On the beach, you know, like dads bring lots of shit to the beach, right? Mm-hmm. Some have trolleys, right? I always bring quite a lot of stuff. This dad had all the usual stuff. Plus, in his hand, do you know what he had? A fucking drill. Way fucking it was, hell! Um, what's that really good brand of uh, tools? The yellow, the yellow. Can't remember. Dewalt. Dewalt. Yeah, it was Dewalt. So I knew he knew his stuff. If you've got a Dewalt, you're a fucking yeah. pro. You're not you know fucking you're about, are you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have a, this is not an amateur. This is a proper dad here. This is a fucking top-level dad. He's got a DeWalt drill, right? Cordless. And he's walking along. So he's got, like, the fucking umbrella, right? Uh, and, a, and a lilo, right? Mm-hmm. He's got a rucksack with a picnic in. He's got all the usual stuff. 
But then yeah. in his free hand, he's got a DeWalt cordless drill. drill. Get All in. on a beach. But I, I nearly <laughs> asked him about that. I thought, I don't know, it's like, hey, you never know. What's the drill you for? Do. I don't know. I don't know at this moment what that drill is for. Yeah. But what it is for, it will present it. The situation will present itself. Mark my yeah. words. I've and been I'll a dad for long enough to I'll know. You don't go to the beach without a fucking drill in your back pocket. Yeah. I went to my first car boot sale yesterday in about 18 months. Yeah. Because I was child free for half of the day. And I thought, fuck this, I'm going to a car boot sale. I'm going to rummage through vinyl and CDs on my own without Lovely. any kids complaining or whinging mm. that dad's just spending all his time flicking kids through vinyl. Hate record shops, don't they? They yeah, of course, despise quite rightly, them with a quite passion. Quite rightly. I don't blame them, but, you know, I enjoy it. So I needed yeah. some, some me time. And I went to the local car boot sale and I went in on the VIP early entrance. You don't pay oh. a pound to get in. You go in early and you pay five pounds to get in. Oh. But get first, you get first crack of all the stuff. So mm. that five pound is a good investment. Well I worth think. it. So I went in. As I was walking in, this is early. I seen this fellow walking out with one item, a chainsaw. <laughs> He'd gone there. He paid his five quid to go in early thinking, I'm going to get myself a new fucking chainsaw. Walked in, bought it and walked straight out again. Second hand chainsaw. Second-hand chainsaw, yeah. I don't, I don't, it shouldn't be legal. Like, they don't sell guns without a licence. Chainsaws are almost as dangerous. Well, exactly, yeah. But, uh, you know, that's 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 the world for you. So well, we that's did a that. new campaign that we're going to start this year. We want the government to introduce licences for chainsaws. <laughs> well, you Both do. Both to sell and buy. <laughs> and then as I was leaving, uh, I saw a woman going in with a trolley. Like you mentioned at the Isle of Wight. Yeah. So she was well equipped. She was going in with the trolley to put all her goods in. But I thought, yeah. you're fucking wasting your time. All the good stuff's gone. The chainsaws have all gone, love. My mum's so, uh, my mum couldn't get her usual beat hat be, um beach hat this year that she rents. So instead she's buying a trolley. Right. Yeah. It's one of the quite large trolleys with a long handle that you drag yeah, along behind you. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm really excited about this trolley. Yeah, there's fun like, to be had with them, I think. Yeah, I think she's going to give me a go on it. I hope so. Mm. I hope it's not just going to be her and Rod who are allowed to do it. Well, it might be on a rotor system. You don't have to earn you know, your trolley privilege. I might. I wonder if I can do what you did at the car boot and pay a fiver to get, get first dibs <laughs> on get the trolley. To the trolley early in the day. <laughs> maybe, maybe. I'll just be running up and down the tro- promenade giggling. <laughs> with the trolley in one hand and one of those you know those what are they called those windmills that blow in the yeah. in, I'll have one of them yeah. in one hand and the trolley in the other I'll just run around whee <laughs> then turn around whee <laughs> <laughs> trolley Timmy <laughs> trolley Timmy's here does anyone need anything transported from the car park to down the beach you can put it in my trolley <laughs> oh right before we go, right, we've, we've, it's fucking 45 minutes this episode. That's more than yeah. enough. Uh, I dug out one of the emails about local characters, which was another one of the subjects that we yeah. asked on. Uh, I thought I'd read that out as a, a precursor. Uh, this is from Louise Clissold. And she says, you might be interested in a local character that my dad was acquainted with when growing up in Dublin in the 1950s. His nickname was Bang Bang, real name Thomas Dudley. And he used to jump onto the Rootmaster style buses the ones with the open back where you can just jump on and off, um, holding a large church key, which he pretended to shoot people with, Western movie style. Yes. 
<coughs> he says he would stage mock shootouts with passing people who would often join in with the games as he was so well known, pretending to return fire. I guess they would have just returned fire with their finger guns. Bang, bang. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not, not having a church key like he had. Uh, What's a church people, key, mate? Is it one of those just really just large old fucking key? Just yeah. a big key. Yeah, for a big church door. Sometimes people would pretend to fall down dead if he appeared in the street and pretended to shoot them. Uh, recently, there was a petition to have him remembered, and there's now a cafe named after him. He's also mentioned in a song by the Dubliners. Um, sad to say, if he was around now, he'd most likely be arrested and possibly shot. So <laughs> it probably would be shot. Yeah, I mean, probably people get be. shot for less, don't they? <clears throat> yeah. um, if someone shoots at you in the street, like a kid, mm-hmm. usually it's a kid, or it might be this bang bang bloke. Yeah, you've got two options. Well, you've got three. You can either be a miserable cunt and just keep walking, which is really yeah. out of order. Or you can shoot back, bang, bang, like that, yeah. bit of fun. But me personally, I always pretend to die. Always. Yeah. Always. Yeah. I, 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 always, I pretend to die really elaborately. Kids love it. If you pretend to die, there's nothing, I mean, yeah. there's nothing a kid likes more than seeing an adult pretend to slowly die. Yeah. It's a bit weird. It's, it's the best of both worlds, isn't it? Because you're joining in with their game, but you're also mm. letting them have the upper hand and letting them win by killing you. Yeah, so and that's, also that's you don't have to engage for, for too long. You think, right, yeah. this is fun, but now it's over. Leave me alone. I'm dead. Yeah. And you've got to lie there till they've gone away. Yeah, and you get to pretend to be dead, which, as we've talked before, there's something fairly <laughs> appealing about that. What would you do if Prince George pretended to shoot you with some finger guns? <laughs> I would do my most elaborate death ever because yeah. it would be for him. So I'd feel <laughs> would like, you maybe there was like pressure bow on me. as you went down. I would bow like. It is an honour, you my yeah. lord. Ah, yeah. My liege. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm sure we would. That's it from this episode. Thanks for listening. Sorry it's been so long. Um, lots more coming up over the week. Get those emails into us if you've got some funny stories for us to recount. Do you have a funny story? We would like to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> and recycle it for content on our podcast. Uh, yeah thanks for listening and uh, just goodbye really yeah all the best bye bye Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.